0: Listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse.
1: After a rancorous election campaign, Britain decides it's not quite ready to say the safe word yet. Even though we've run out of lubricant and the chafing is really starting to hurt. Boris Johnson starts his tenure as Grand High Emperor of the Darkest Timeline by promising the answer to the difficult question we've all been desperate for Does the fridge light stay on when you shut the door? After failing to persuade the country to stop punching itself in the testicles, Jeremy Corbyn says he will step down as Labour leader, provided that he's still able to move his legs with all the knives in his spine. And finally, Homeowners in London panic and hide under tables, fearing a tornado on the morning of the election result, only to find out later that it was just the sound of blood rushing to Margaret Hodge's clitoris. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and you're listening to IC News, the only network which shoves the press watchdog into a sack with some bricks before throwing the whole fucking thing into the Thames. You join us tonight at the dawn of a new era, an era in which the United Kingdom has apparently decided that the old, terrible era was exactly the sort of thing it likes. When George Orwell imagined the future of the country as a boot stamping on a human face for all eternity... I doubt he foresaw that we'd be wearing the boot on our own hand. Our USP here at the network is that we can bring you the news from the alternative dimensions and timelines all around us in the multiverse. That's probably for the best. Seeing us here, we've just elected Boris Johnson, proving that this reality has irredeemably jumped the shark, and deserves to be cancelled faster than a member of Steps dropping the N-bomb during an episode of Loose Women. Britain here on Earth Prime has once again proven itself to be a bizarrely deferential collection of psychosexual masochists who crave being subjugated by the sort of political class who wouldn't cross the street to piss on their tower block if it was on fire. Nine years of needless and ideologically spiteful attacks on the most vulnerable have been repaid the only way Great Britain knows how. With five more years, just to make sure we can properly stomp their bones into dust. All of this in the name of Brexit, which to be fair, it turns out might be more popular than your left-wing Facebook echo chamber may have indicated. The simple message of get Brexit done was a clarion call to former Labour strongholds, as well as a repetitive phrase churned out by Tory robots sounding like Furbies with catastrophic brain injuries. Labour under Corbyn failed catastrophically to cut through the noise, drowned out in no small way by an aggressive conservative campaign of disinformation and online propaganda, Without proper regulation, this is the new normal for our democracy. So we sent in a reporter to find out just where these new conservative tactics have come from. We now go live to Danny Sutcliffe. Danny, I hope that in the spirit of journalistic integrity, we can put our little professional disagreement from last week
2: behind us. What professional disagreement? Oh yeah, I listened back to that the other day. Don't worry about it, pal. I go weirdly lucid and sanctimonious on crystal meth. Crystal meth? What the f- you know what? Never mind. Let's all just
1: try and move on. It's been a difficult couple of days here on Earth Prime. Maybe you can tell us where
2: you've been undercover trying to make sense of all of it. I know, right? Honestly, what an absolute fucking mess. But I suppose we all do weird masochistic things when we're on one. I normally start a fight with a police horse, though, not vote fucking Tory.
1: Right. I believe you've been working on a story that could help us make sense of all of this.
2: I certainly have. Now, it wouldn't be a Danny classic without tugging on the thread of truth in order to yank out the tampon of conspiracy. Jesus
1: Christ.
2: In that spirit, I've embedded myself in the inner circle of the man working behind the scenes of Boris Johnson's campaign. Some say he's been sacked, but he was there at the NATO summit and you better believe all the misdirection and chaos that plagued this election has come straight from him.
1: You're talking about Boris
2: Johnson's special advisor, Dominic Cummings. Indeed I am. And it was easy to get close to him. First of all, myself and two other parliamentary aides were there when they pretended to fire him. He jumped up out of the body bag, broke a pool cue over his knee and told us there was only room for one more recruit in his organisation. Why does everything you ever report on always culminate in a fight to the death? I think the real question, Sam, is why anyone thinks they can take me on. I'm a fucking honey badger. I will fat-check you up so fast your ancestors get whiplash. But I digress. Turns out the British public's willingness to vote against their own self-interest is a lot like madness. All it takes is a little push. Dominic Cummins isn't a man with a plan. He's a dog chasing cars. And when he catches up with you, he's going to fish you with a ruby the size of a tangerine. Been a while since you've seen The Dark Knight, hasn't it, Danny? I can honestly say, I don't know what you're talking about. Look, the point is, after blowing up hospitals, devastating the police force, destroying public trust and corrupting a whole bunch of politicians until you absolutely can't believe a word any of them say, we've arrived here, at the grand finale of Dominic Cummings' plan. The election result? Oh, God, no. He don't give a shit what happens in that. It's just about the anarchy. Chaos is fair, which is why me and the lads are here on Tower Bridge, overlooking the Thames. Do you hear that? That's the sound of two ships out on the river. One of them is full of Corbyn MPs and momentum activists, and the other, new Labour moderates and one-nation Tory rebels. This is what happens when an incompetent farce meets an unmovable asshole. There's a bomb on both of them, and each boat holds the detonator to the other. They're about to show you that when all the chips are down, they'll eat each other. Holy shit! Well, regardless of the election result, I've
1: got to believe that we're better than that. We haven't turned on each other that drastically, no matter the state of our politics, and no matter how divided we've become. Surely, this city will show you that when things are difficult, we can all come together and... Fucking hell! That was
2: quick! Jesus, it really was, wasn't it? I was hoping for a bit more of a build-up. Oh well, at least now we can crack on and get Brexit done. I'll see you next week, Sam. I've got to set fire to this big pile of our GDP and then lay low for a bit.
1: Thanks, Danny. I can honestly say that the only thing that could have possibly made that report worse would have been a Gary Glitter song on the soundtrack.
2: You're welcome. Hey, Dominic! Wait up! Show me that trick with a pencil again!
1: Stepping aside from the knuckily, massaged horrors of our political system for a moment, it's time for some hand relief in the form of some entertainment news. If you've been following the show, you'll know that a few weeks ago, Red Redmond was on the scene when Hammersmith found itself under attack by a titanic and ravenous incarnation of 90s TV presenter Zoe Ball. We're not quite sure why the BBC didn't cover it either. Maybe they did, but then edited out all the bits where the bad stuff happened. As part of his ongoing rehabilitation, Red's been taking on some lighter duties. And this week, it desperately feels like we need some happier news. We now go to Red in Watford.
2: Staff to till four, please. Staff to till four. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Sam. It's been a month now since the horrible events in Hammersmith, and I must say, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm sleeping up to three hours a night without screaming, and I've developed a new habit of masturbating in department store dressing rooms just to remind myself that I'm alive. It also helps as my new job as entertainment correspondent at IC News allows me to bring you the sort of happy, positive coverage that's been sorely missing from public discourse ever since an 80-foot Zoe Ball flattened buildings and killed 324 people in front of my horrified eyes. In our last episode, I reported the story of 90s TV icon Pat Sharp's miraculous survival following his plane crash six months ago. Missing and presumed dead alongside the plane crew and fellow Funhouse alumni The Twins, it turned out Mr Sharp had survived for months on a deserted island a few hundred miles off Hawaii before making an escape on an improvised raft. Today Mr Sharp arrived home in England. His wild and unkempt hair returned to its glorious mullet form as a result of his desperate quest for survival. In a press conference this afternoon, the emotional toll of his isolation was clear to see with Pat Sharp breaking down in tears and telling the assembled crowds, you don't understand, I had to, I had to. In remarkable scenes, the former host of Funhouse then stood up and tore open his shirt, revealing what appeared to be an enormous series of scars inflicted by what looked like shark bites. He was then bundled away by private security. It's a captivating story of human survival against all odds, and it's an absolute pleasure to report that IC News have been granted exclusive access to the team investigating the plane crash that started it all. We'll be travelling with the police to the island where Mr Sharp survived alone for so long, seeking answers to the difficult questions the families of those still missing are sure to be asking. Is there any sign of the twins? Just how did Mr Sharp survive? Was it a whole lot of fun? And were there prizes to be won? I'm Red Redmond, medicated so heavily that I can't even process negative emotions anymore, unbuttoning my trousers in a TK Maxx in Watford for IC News. Security to
3: the changing room please, I'm not cleaning up after that wanker again.
1: The nature of the multiverse around us is such that every time a decision is taken in one timeline, it fractures and diverges into every possible alternative path. The result is an infinite number of possibilities, with the logical exception of Joe Swinson ever winning an outright majority. Reporting under such unpredictable circumstances is not without its dangers, and IC News have lost many reporters in the line of duty. Thankfully, we use a recruitment agency based on a world where employee rights don't exist, meaning that we can keep hiring and getting people killed through reckless indifference without fear of repercussion. It's a business model you might want to get used to. We've been churning through several different incarnations of one of our reporters for some time now, so we figured this week our latest Rob Mulholland could do with a break. We asked him to take a look at an earth where Labour did a better job of getting out of the gate.
3: Fuck you, Sam. I'm Rob Six, absolutely refusing to die in the line of duty just like every other Rob Mulholland before me. I know I'm under contract, I know I have to report the news, but you know what? This week, I'm surviving. Carrying on and going home to my family at the end of it all. And you know why? Because it's election week, and although you lot might have fucked it right up, there are safer places in the multiverse than your new nightmare for me to run to. I'm here on Earth Juliet Kilo, O. Oh, Jeremy Corbyn 8, an Earth where the Labour Party won an outright majority back in 2017. I'm here, I'm working class, I understand that socialism and communism are different economic ideologies, and I'm not Jewish. I couldn't be safer here. While you've got at least five more years of Brexit chaos, spiralling poverty and burgeoning autocracy to deal with, I've got a democratic socialist government investing heavily in well-being, health care and safety and security. It's not perfect here, admittedly. It turns out on this earth, the top 1% saw a Corbyn government coming and on the day of the election, Richard Branson and all the rest of them fled the country in a fleet of virgin-branded zeppelins, never to be seen again. Nevertheless, Labour continue to invest in public services, borrowing to fill the gap in income tax left by their departure and keeping their promise to only raise taxes on the top 5% of earners. The NHS is on the road to recovery, with nurses' bursaries restored and freedom of movement maintained under Corbyn's Brexit deal. Child poverty and homelessness are both decreasing. Class sizes are on target to reduce to the 30-child limit by 2020, and university education is now aligned with Scotland, with students in England able to access it for free.
4: Who the fuck's this? Hello? Who is it? We're from Her Majesty's Revenue and Customs, and we're here to talk to Mr Mulholland. Can you open the door, please?
3: Look, I'm not answering the door unless you can show me some ID.
4: Of course, sir. Here it is.
3: Uh, Now's not really the time. I'm working from home today. Can we do this another day?
4: I'm afraid not, sir. Actually, it's work we need to talk to you about. According to our records, your income as a journalist is around £22,000 a year. Is that correct? Well, yeah, but... Well, that puts you firmly in the top 5% of earners, sir. I'm afraid we're going to have to take all your money. That's ridiculous. I'm nowhere near the top 5% of earners. I'm not even in the top 50 Goalposts have shifted a little since the Branson exodus, I'm afraid, sir. Turns out that permissive attitude towards decades of unfettered plutocracy skews the average more than we originally anticipated. In our defence, we're merely asking those with the broadest shoulders to carry a little more of the burden.
1: If it's any comfort, your tax revenues will go directly to funding the government's latest pledge to deliver free street theatre to depressed house cats.
3: That's absolutely fucking
1: ridiculous.
4: That's a very bigoted thing to say, sir, given the acute and morally unjust nature of the feline mental health crisis.
1: It's fully custed, bitch. Hand over your fucking wallet, you capitalist
4: parasite. What the fucking hell are you doing? Jesus, Steve. That's a little extreme, isn't it? It's been nearly two years, Alan.
1: For how long are we going to let the greed of the new lower-middle-class financial elites cripple our ability to provide for the mental welfare of our feline comrades?
4: Steve... I think you've drastically misunderstood the underlying principles of Marxism and socialism in general. Also, your reference to financial elites has worryingly anti-Semitic undertones. I'm going to have to write you up. Put the gun down, will you? Jesus Christ, you're both insane! Sir, calm down. I realise it's uncomfortable hearing a government official allude to such an offensive racial stereotype, but I can assure you... The government does have systems in place to deal with complaints like yours.
3: I don't give a shit about the anti Semitism. It's the fucking gun he's got pointed at my head I'm worried about.
4: What an absolutely disgusting thing to say. I know, right? Imagine having the nerve in this day and age to say you don't give a shit about anti Semitism. Check his pockets, will you? Nice headshot, by the way.
1: Gotta hit him in that top 5% or they'll just keep coming back. Oh, look, a Tesco club card. Now, if all of the crushing disappointments of the last few years of British politics has got you down, it's worth remembering that in under two weeks, we'll all be able to get together with our families for Christmas, and have our vitriolic intergenerational disagreements face-to-face, rather than over Facebook and Twitter. As our political landscape continues to upset and divide us, it's important to remember the true meaning of the holidays – Using our Christian traditions to crowbar in a convoluted metaphor about Brexit, we sent Tom King to go and pickle his bollocks in the festive spirit.
5: Ah, Christmas! It's a time of peace, a time of celebration, a time of giving giving up your human rights, your sense of fair play and decency, your food standards and your access to affordable and efficient healthcare all in the name of a Brexit delivered by a tousle-haired charlatan who couldn't deliver a child support payment if his life depended on it. Fucking well done, you bunch of absolute fucking numpties. Just in case you haven't noticed, with everything else going on pretty soon, Santa's going to be coming down your chimney eating your biscuits and leaving your children some mass-produced Chinese tat in return. It really is a glorious trade deal, if you don't mind having the sovereignty of your territory invaded by a hairy old socialist who hasn't even got a valid DBS. On our own Earth, of course, Christmas is just a story. An excuse to get the family together and remember that magical time 2,000 years ago when a woman in a blue dress shagged a Nazarene builder on the side and then pretty much had to lie her tits off in order to get away with it. That's not the case everywhere, though. I'm here on Earth, Delta, Foxtrot, Blitz and Seven. A magical world where Father Christmas is very much real. Now that might sound like a wonderful notion but unfortunately this earth has been absolutely devastated by the political upheaval caused by LaPlexit. Here Lapland is an autonomous country and a member of the European Union. It has an enormous manufacturing base as a result of the Elven workforce and is one of the largest net contributors to the EU's budget. Back in 2016 A nervous Prime Minister Santa Claus was concerned with the political rise of You Krampus and promised the workshop elves a referendum on membership of the union. In a shock result, Lapland voted leave. And Father Christmas resigned in order to spend more time with his pig in a blanket. Right. After a brief and combative leadership campaign, the government here elected... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was the only deer willing to lead them through the fog of laplexit negotiations. He proved to not be up to the task, only achieving a disappointing deal that failed to pass through Parliament. His political legacy dogged by rumours that his nose was a result of dipping into the personal stash of his Chancellor, an elf named George Osborne. While all this was going on, Labour challenged at every opportunity, led by a vegetarian hippie with a shit beard and bad dress sense who insisted only he could restore the true meaning of Christmas. He positioned himself as the man of the people, a member of the old guard who started the true Christmas movement. Unfortunately, JC here couldn't get a majority either, even after promising free broadband and to turn everyone's water into wine. He also failed to combat allegations of anti-Semitism against him, refusing five times to apologise for the appalling anti-Jewish violence seen at his own crucifixion. The result has been political gridlock and a no-deal Laplace after Rudolf's successor failed to negotiate a trade deal with the EU. As a result, the bottom has fallen out of Lapland's manufacturing industry, with the toy plane and car parts essential for the success of the just-in-time economy dependent on them, stuck at customs checks on the border. As a result, more and more elves are relying on food banks, eating nothing but leftover carrots and baileys. It's a grim vision of our own Christmas future, unless you're one of the magical reindeer in charge and could just fuck off to Monaco with a sack full of money you've made by shorting the economy. I'm Tom King, reporting icy news, stuffed full of turkey and avoiding awkward subjects with Nana when she's had a few.
2: I just don't understand it. Surely boys are boys and girls are girls?
5: No, put the Daily Mail down and have a mince pie, you bigoted old cunt.
1: We leave you now with the stories you may have missed, overlooked, or willfully ignored, just like pretty much any other box on your ballot paper, you fucking pillock. A leaked report into US trade negotiations reveals the NHS might actually save money in some areas, as under the American system, thoughts and prayers for gunshot wounds are completely free. A former dolphin trainer has become the first female Welsh Tory MP. Here's a fun fact for you. Tory dolphins are the only animal apart from humans who will fuck an entire country just for fun. And finally, Donald Trump reveals the true reason why he was so upset about Justin Trudeau mocking him at the NATO summit. It's the fact that one of Trudeau's two faces is a
0: black one.
1: You've just listened to episode 5 of IC News. We release new episodes of the podcast every two weeks, releasing an extended cut of the previous episode on the Saturdays in between. These bonus cuts feature extra headlines and sketches. Now let's get serious for a minute. Every day, podcasters, comedians and bloggers create content for free, hoping that the general public will enjoy it. They'd like to make more, but they can't because capitalism eats their free hours by forcing them to sell their labour in order to feed their families. It doesn't have to be this way. With your generosity, podcasts like this one can grow and make more episodes, offering you cool rewards in return. If you don't want to wait for the extended cuts of each episode, you can get them on the day original episodes are released by signing up to support us for as little as a pound a month at patreon.com slash Stories. You can follow the link in the podcast description to get there. This podcast only exists because of the fans of ICU who've signed up and made it possible. They're brave, handsome, beautiful people, with kind hands and warm souls, not like you, listening for free like a bastard. In return for joining Patreon, you too can ascend to their higher level, and in return, you'll get early access to everything I create, including all the stories on the Facebook page for ICU where this whole journey started. I'm joking, obviously. The support's great, but if you can't afford it or just don't want to, I still hope you enjoyed the podcast and will continue to tune in. Every episode of IC News is written and edited by me, Sam Gore, and this week featured guest appearances from friends and some very funny people from the UK comedy circuit. You heard Danny Sutcliffe, Chris Lum, Red Redmond, Rob Holland, and Tom King. Give them a Google, check out their social media, look at the podcast description to find out more about them. The title music you heard was written and performed by Eddie French. You also heard We Wish You a Merry Christmas and Sincerely, two tracks from Kevin McLeod at filmmusic.io through incompetech.com. Full credit for their use is in the podcast description. The logo design for IC News is by Richard Hanrahan at chumchi.com, and additional sound effects and audio come from the good people at freesound.org who upload audio under the Creative Commons licence. As always, this thing can only grow if people get behind it, So if you're enjoying it, do please do what you can to spread the word. Tell your friends, share it on social media, leave us a positive review. All that lovely stuff goes a long way to helping IC News grow. We'll be back every Saturday with one podcast or another, whether it's an original episode or an extended cut. Thank you and goodbye.